Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Addict, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. fans out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You don't have to be a movie addict to visit here, folks, but if you are one, it's definitely the place for you. And today, just in time for Valentine's Day, we'll be talking about romantic movies that have won a Best Picture Oscar, which is also a timely topic since the upcoming Academy Award presentations are scheduled in about, well, I think it's two and a half weeks on Sunday, March 2nd. So we're especially happy that award-winning filmmaker David Spaltro and noted film critic Marilyn Ferdinand have agreed to be our guests. David and Marilyn both have a passion for film, coupled with in-depth knowledge about cinema. David's independent movie, Things I Don't Understand, earned numerous awards and and is keeping on earning them on the film festival (laughs) circuit and includes an unusual love story treated with sensitivity by this talented director. And Marilyn operates Ferdy on Films, which was named a Best World Cinema Blog of 2011. She also loves a good cause and even co-hosts wonderful blogathons to help support worthy film projects. Now, before bringing David and Marilyn on, let's see if Nikki Starr is ready to help with the show. Nikki, has the red carpet we requested been installed in our chat room yet? It certainly has, and it's rolled out, and we're ready to go. Excellent. Our chatters should have the royal treatment. And, Nikki, be sure to pass out the can- those candy hearts because we really appreciate our listeners, all of our listeners, whether they're in the chat or whether they're listening archived or live. We also appreciate David and Marilyn taking time to be on our show today. They've been waiting patiently in the green room, so let's bring them on right now. Ladies first as usual, but I want to mention that they've both been guests here before and big hits too. So Marilyn, welcome back to Movie Addict Headquarters. Thank you so much, Betty Jo. It's just a delight to be back and and talk with you again, and I'm very excited about this show. Well, I knew you'd enjoy this topic, so I'm so glad you're here. And I have to tell our listeners that if they want in-depth film commentary, they should go to your Ferdy on Films blog. That's the place to find it. It's, It's great to have you as a guest again. We feel the same way about David. Hi, David. Kudos on all the awards for your independent movie. Hey, Betty. Thanks again for having me back. It's been a great year. It has been a great year for, for you. Um, what was the most recent award that um, things I don't understand? Uh, t- I try to keep uh, up with you on Facebook, but the, but the awards keep coming in, and I can't keep track of them. Oh, we had a, I mean, we had a great year. I think um, I couldn't even tell you what the last award was, but we, we had a really successful festival tour. We did over 40 festivals. We won 12 Best Features, um, and more importantly, a lot of the actors that were involved all got um, some, some much-due props for their work, so oh. they really made the film something special. 
Well, congratulations. You know, I I really found that film so thought-provoking, and uh, that love story is quite unusual and, and very well done. And, and speaking of love stories, we better get back to our topic of the day. Yes. <laughs> the yes. romantic all theory. weird and unusual. Yeah, right. We could talk about all of these other things probably for the whole show, but, but we did promise listeners that we would uh, – talk about romantic-themed Oscar-winning Best Pictures, and I had a lot of fun going through the 85 Best Picture winners. I was hmm. surprised to find that I've, I've seen all of them, not necessarily when they were first released, but <laughs> I have seen yeah. all of them. <laughs> and, and these are the ones that, uh, in alphabetical order, that I, I've picked as the ones with romantic themes that um, that deserve some consideration. An American in Paris, Annie Hall, The Apartment, The Artist, Casablanca, The English Patient, Gigi, Gone with the Wind, It Happened One Night, Marty, My Fair Lady, Out of Africa, Shakespeare in Love, Slumdog Millionaire, Titanic, and West Side Story. What great films most mostly, <laughs> I do have one that I'm not too <laughs> pleased about, but so mostly. Uh, but before we, <laughs> but before we get to talking ab- about our favorites, I'm really, really eager though to find out what uh, the ones you've picked out as your top five. But we we should probably go into what important elements uh, we look for in a romantic film. Marilyn, do you want to start with that? What are the things that you look for in this type of movie? Oh. Well, sure. Well, first of all, you you definitely have to have um, a couple that has great chemistry. Uh, You can have the best written film, you can have wonderful scenery and costumes, but if the actors are really not uh, feeling it, it's not going to translate. So that's very important. Um, But for me, I think one of of the things I really look for is a... um, a certain equality in the couple. And I mean, by by that, I, I like a couple that's evenly matched. Uh, oh. I, I like uh, the screwball comedies where the, the men and women, you know, give in as well as they get. And, and, uh, and, and I just think it makes for a much more sizzling, exciting romance and the, and the kind of romance I think a lot of people would like to have. So that's that's very important to me. I like the way you the way you think. I I certainly uh, agree with those elements, and uh, I hadn't thought of the uh, equal match between the between the couples. Uh, but oh yeah, yeah. That's really important. And it doesn't really have important. to start out that way either. Um, for example, in the Lady Eve, uh, we don't have uh, two. We, we Barbara Stanwyck is got it all over um, uh, Fred McMurray, but. Uh, in the end, he brings out the best in her. And with Gigi, one of the films that we're going to be talking about, um, we can see Leslie Caron brings out the best in Louis Jordan. It just, uh, they they don't start out as equals, but they end up that way. And that's what I really like. Well said. Do you agree with uh, Marilyn, David, or do you have other elements that you, uh, you'd like to add as to the important ones that you look for in the... Uh, in this type of movie? Um, I I think I absolutely agree. I think um, that chemistry particularly, and I think what's interesting is like people will talk about the spark or or what connects people and and how it doesn't always, 
what that is uh, as in terms of chemistry. So um, there are sometimes real-life couples that have chemistry in real life, and then they do a film together, and it doesn't translate. Or there are people that um, don't even get along off-screen, but there's just something about them cinematically that connects. So just finding that right chemistry or pairing of people, um, because they're going to be the avatars of, of what we're talking about, which is a love story, which is supposed to relate to different kinds of people and their own experiences. Um, the other thing I think that's really important is sort of the vulnerability of both characters and, and how mm-hmm. they, it's, it's like, I think what Marilyn was also talking about is how they, they're on even ground, but they can also, one doesn't just make somebody better, one doesn't come in and save the day necessarily, they complement each other, their flaws complement each other and they become better people as a unit or as a couple. Oh, um, I agree and, with that point. Yes, go, go ahead. I'm, go, I'm uh, sorry. No. I'm going to have to break in and, and say I was wrong. It's not Fred McMurray. It's Henry Fonda. <laughs> so sorry. Oh, Henry Fonda. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, I sometimes get those two mixed up. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but the point of well, I know your listeners your, would know. But, yeah. That would, be, that would be a very angry email. <laughs> <laughs> but I do like that uh, vulnerability that you that you mentioned, uh, David. And of course, we I think all all three of us are uh, on the right track when we say that the chemistry between the the lovers has to be there. It's just kind of the way they look at each other that creates a, a spark just a, an immediate spark and and you know that that you're in for some fireworks <laughs> as you go through the movie or uh, it's just uh, it, it's undeniable i mean the chemistry between the lovers and i think that is really uh crucial for uh, a romantic themed uh, movie but now i'm curious to see if uh, the three of us would pick the same favorites out of these 16 romantic-themed movies that have won Best Picture. So um, I'm going to take my uh, trusty pen and paper here, and I'm going to make some notes and, or a tally. So, Marilyn, why don't you go first on that? What, which ones would you pick as your five, uh, top five favorites and why? Okay, well, Casablanca. Um, it's just one of the most perfect films, um, and uh, it, it, it's got intrigue, it's got cynicism and romanticism, it's got um, great friendships and, and uh, wonderful stirring moments, and I really don't think uh, you can beat Ingrid Bergman and Humphrey Bogart. They just really tear it up, so that's definitely one. Um, the another one would be Gone with the Wind, which is uh, it's a barn burner of a movie. I mean, it's got it all, and uh, I just think Vivian Lee uh, was just superb in it uh, in every aspect, and and mm-hmm. was as I said before that equal with uh, Clark Gable. They really they really could spar as well as love and and I just I just love everything about that movie. Um I'm also a big fan uh, of Marty um which I think is a film that's often overlooked but it what I like about it is how human it is and how the the couple in it they 
they're rather plain people. They don't think they've got much going for each other. But then they do find each other, and that's what they've got going, and they can stand up to anything as long as they're together. Um, and I think Ernest Borgnine is, gives a, a heartbreaking as well as a strong uh, performance in that film. Um, then I'm going to go with uh, Shakespeare in Love, um, oh. a more modern film that uh, that I think um, is incredibly clever. It has a wonderful uh, zest in it and coming up with ideas for how Shakespeare figured out what he wanted to do. I just, I'm a big Shakespeare fan, and, and I just... I just delighted in the whole film, um, just bright and funny and romantic. Um, and then my favorite um, is Gigi. I love the music. I love the costumes. I love the period. Um, it took uh, a story that he has some hard edges, and it didn't sand them all down. There was definitely those edges were still there. Um, but in this case, Leslie Caron really brought them out and and made Louis Jordan a, a better man. And um, so that one's kind of my top. Oh, my gosh. What a, what a great uh, group of films you picked on, <laughs> on, on that list. And, uh, David, how about you? What, what are your five, top five favorites and why? Well, I'm going to say that they're all fantastic films. But for me, um, the ones that I thought, best for the genre that spoke to me. Um, I'm going to start with The Apartment. Um, it's not just a fantastic film uh, and beautiful romance story, but it's also my favorite film. It's a film that I've seen way too many times that I could watch over and over again. Um, it's Billy Wilder at, at perfection. Um, his stories, uh, they, what I love about Billy Wilder is he was sort of genreless. He did so many different kinds of films. He could do Sunset Boulevard and Some Like It Hot and then a film like The Apartment and then Double Indemnity. Um, but with the apartment, it's just the the humanity in his characters. Like it's it's fairly dark, particularly for the time period it was made in the late fifties, early sixties, and um, just the the truth and the honesty of the and just talking about subjects too, the way they handled sex or the um, the workforce or um, the main character in Suicide, um, which is I kind of cribbed for my film her name. Um, it's just mm-hmm. it's a really beautiful, honest story. Um, and the and the same thing for a film like Annie Hall, um, which. You know, despite everything that's going on right now, it, it's one of those films that is so revered. Um, and we kind of forget how original and how so many other romantic comedies, or it might have even really invented the modern romantic comedy um, and the dynamic between um, Woody Allen's character and Diane Keene's character, um, and how much it gave and has inspired and continues to inspire that genre and those films, and just the freshness and the originality of it. Um, mm-hmm. Another pick of mine would be... Um, I believe Slumdog Millionaire, a more recent one. Um, but what I really enjoy about that is it's by Danny Boyle, who's kind of like, to me, a modern-day uh, Billy Wilder. He's also sort of genreless where he comes, but all his films have that same similar energy. Um, and there's something, I think, one of the things that I did, maybe didn't say about what is great about uh, those romantic pictures or what helps them pop is the sort of overcoming the odds of the character fighting for love um, because yes. love is love isn't always pretty love isn't always easy and there's and other than just the story book, um everything kind of works out um slumdog millionaire really has that sort of overcoming the odds and destiny and trying to find um your mate and connect with that person um another uh, and i would say casablanca and also gone with the wind were my other two picks and i mean they're 
they speak for themselves. Their 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 iconography. Their what they what they've added to film. Um, but what what I really like about a few of those films, though, is the ending. Um, that it's it's not always a clean cut ending. Um, not to I don't think I'm going to be spoiling Casablanca or Gone with the Wind for anybody either. If I do, you can still go see it. But um, they they don't end very happy, and things don't necessarily work out. And that's like life, and that's like love. And I think that sometimes that honesty um, in the story connects to people too. Wow! And we already have. Um both of you picking Casablanca and uh, Gone with the Wind, and um, I'm I'm with you on Casablanca, but I'm not. Um, I don't know. Gone with the Wind isn't on my list, although of course it's it's a great movie. But I um, I'm the most avid movie musical fan. I think both of you know that. So, yes. Um, <laughs> so everybody knows that. So it's not surprising that um, three of the, well, there are four musicals on this list of sixteen. Four that four that won Best Picture, uh, and Gigi is one of them that I definitely have on my list, and I agree with everything you said, Marilyn, about uh, Gigi. And that cinematography in that movie, uh, we, my husband and I just saw it again on, on Turner Classic Movies a couple of weeks ago. That movie holds up. That is one of the most gorgeous, uh, gorgeously filmed uh, movie I think that I've ever seen. Without a doubt, and yeah. It just absolutely mm-hmm. takes, your, takes your breath away. So Gigi, a musical, yay, we have that one. <laughs> and... <laughs> An American in Paris. I definitely. Uh, so there we are with Leslie Leslie Caron in in both of those films. She mm-hmm. was just just marvelous and uh, interesting. That I don't think she she got a nomination for An American in in Paris, and um, I'm I'm disappointed about that. And I'm disappointed that she didn't win an Oscar for for Gigi because she certainly deserved one there. And so that leaves My Fair Lady as my, uh, okay, one, two, three, four. Oh, that's four. Then I have to go. Uh, my number, well, Casablanca is my number one pick. And my number two pick, you'll be surprised, is The Artist. Now, that blew me away, The Artist. It was kind of, I know, it was a silent movie. But it it reminded me of uh, Singing in the Rain meets A Star is Born. And I love both of those movies. Singing in the Rain is my all-time favorite movie. And it just had the the same uh, energy. And, of course, about show business. And I love anything about show business and behind the scenes in the movie. And I thought it was just just delightful. It uh, made me want to see more silent more silent movies. <laughs> so, okay, we have Gigi then with two. And uh, so the only ones that we – the Casablanca – is the one that we all three have, and I'm not surprised. What a movie that is. And when we were talking about the chemistry, on-screen chemistry, you're right. I mean, uh, Bergman and Bogart, I mean, it was just extraordinary. And, uh, David, what you said, sometimes people, you know, barely talk to each other, 
you know, and really don't like each other, and they can be paired on screen, and their chemistry is just, you know, jumps out at you. It's so great. And I hear that that's what happened with uh, Bergman and, and Bogart. I hear that they barely talked with each other on set. Yeah. Am I right about that? Is that what you've heard, Marilyn? Um, I am not really sure about that, uh, to tell you the truth. Um, I know that uh, in West Side Story, uh, Natalie Wood and Richard Boehmer did not get along at all, and it hurt their performance. But if it's true of Bogart and Bergman, all I can say is that it intensified what was going on with them, the, the conflict that they had. Uh, in their feelings just seemed to, to work, whether they were um, just being great professionals or if there was something a little extra there. You never know. Maybe uh, they just protest too much. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> well, we're avoiding each other. Well, I think, I think that Humphrey Bogart's wife at the time did uh, was accusing uh, – Bogart of having an affair with with Bergman or wanting to or something like that. I mean that's a little gossip there. So maybe that was mm-hmm. why they were were not so friendly off the off the set. Had you heard anything about that, David? Um, I I may I feel like it's familiar that they they maybe didn't speak or or there was something going on behind the scenes with the pairing. Um, but what I what I think is really interesting about the story and maybe that's also if they were, if there was something going on between them, or something had gone on between them, or they weren't speaking, that sort of enforces it, is that it's a love story about love that has kind of already happened and gone by in the past, and is kind of in a different stage now, but it's never really gone, um, and it doesn't wrap up completely neatly. And I think that's kind of what what the, the dynamic there of this relationship that we that happened previously that we're kind of privy to throughout the story, and how it's continuing on and, and the culmination of the film and, and what it means yeah. to have been in love with somebody and never, even if, even if a relationship doesn't work out, um, how, how it changes you and how you change the person, uh, kind of like what Marilyn was saying and how they affect each other um, and go on with their lives. Sometimes yes, well, for the better. Certainly, yeah. uh, certainly that, uh, it doesn't have to, uh, to be a, uh, an absorbing love story. It certainly doesn't have to end happily. After all, um, we should uh, ask for uh, Marilyn about this because she's so uh, she's a Shakespeare fan, and uh, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet certainly didn't end uh, happily. So, uh, do you agree with that, uh, Marilyn? That you don't have to have a happy ending for a good romantic theme movie. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, you know, where would we be without our tearjerkers? Uh, that's a very romantic thing to have that feeling of longing or the feeling of loss. Uh, some of us, you know, may have had the experience of loving very intensely and not having that love returned or having it thwarted in some way. And there's something oddly soothing about that ache or yeah, the feeling that you you did have this great love at one point. So um, I certainly think that that's that's true for Casablanca. Is that people can certainly relate to that. Um, I, I there's probably as many broken romances as happy ones. Um, so so it's kind of a universal feeling. And yeah, I mean with Romeo and Juliet, um, certainly a, a very very sad ending to something that could have been so beautiful, but 
Shakespeare wants us to take a lesson from that, that, you know, maybe, you, you know, we should be thinking less about being each other's enemies and more more about being, uh, uh, having love for each other. And uh, and I think that makes their, their romance so much more beautiful. Well, that's a, um, I think that's a very, very good point. And I um, was interested, too, in what you mentioned about West Side Story. That was the modern version of Romeo and Juliet. Yes. And you mentioned about the um, uh, about how Richard Boehmer and Natalie Wood didn't get along, and that affected their performance. And that's one of the reasons that it's. I, I love the dancing in that. That's one of my favorite dance movies. I mean, it was just incredible. And it is interesting that uh, Rita Moreno and George Chakiris both won supporting Oscar. Oscars in for their work in that movie, but uh, Natalie Wood and uh, Richard Boehmer were completely ignored by the <laughs> Academy. So well, there um, there was some some thought that they were miscast, and and you know that's hindsight at at this point. It is certainly a, a towering achievement of a film that, unfortunately, the central love interest wasn't quite as strong as the other aspects of it. Yeah. It did win 10 Oscars yes. out of 11 nominations. Yes. It was, so it really is the uh, the musical, the romantic theme musical that won, no, wait, well, musical that won, a, uh, that won Oscars, won the most Oscars. But Titanic, I'm surprised that none of us mentioned Titanic, and yet it won, uh, besides Best Picture, 10 other Oscars for a total of 11 Oscars, but I'm so upset. Not one nomination for Leonardo DiCaprio that year. Mm. <laughs> for as hard as he worked, he made, he sold that movie. <laughs> I feel that like I didn't really have, care for it. Sacrificial, uh, he might have been the sacrificial lamb for, for the amount of attention that that film had gotten that year, where they you know they felt like everything else was going to get rewarded, so they needed to. To, to put the backlash on somebody, maybe he got stubbed because he was the mat, uh, matinee idol. It was too easy for him to play that part. Yeah, I, I guess, but I, but this is a, I've told this story many times on, uh, but I can't pass up because um, I, I really do feel bad about this. I, I've tried, I've watched that film a couple of times to see if I changed my mind, but I didn't care for it the first time that I saw it. And so I thought, well, everybody is just loving it. My granddaughters have seen it 13 times. <laughs> they really <laughs> love it. And uh, I, I, the second time, I just I, I couldn't. I thought um, uh, Kate Winslet and Leonardo DiCaprio were great together and that, that uh, they showed the, the passion that was needed. But it just uh, it just was overblown, I thought. And it was more of a disaster movie, of course, than a romantic-themed movie. But I am still in the doghouse with my my granddaughters for panning that movie. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> so anyway, that was Titanic. Well, I think we can officially announce to the world that um, Movie Attic Headquarters including David Spaltro, Marilyn Ferdinand, and Betty Jo Tucker, have picked the top three romantic-themed movies that have won Best Picture. Number one is Casablanca, 
and then uh, two and three, they're they're tied. Would be Gigi and uh, Gone with the Wind, and we don't have a clear, you know, fourth and fifth. So, uh, so will you pass that information on to your friends and family that we have three winners? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our favorites. Yeah, and I don't think our I don't think our our picks are are off off target at all. But uh, let's go back to the chemistry between the um, the lovers in these in these movies. We've already talked about uh, Bogart and Bergman, but who who else would you rate as uh, having the best uh, chemistry? in these movies what what actors and actresses would would you pick marilyn you want to go from there yeah i would and um i hope this isn't controversial but i do think gwyneth paltrow and joseph vines in um shakespeare in love showed a lot of chemistry it, it, it and it was a funny kind of chemistry because yeah. she had to pretend to be you know, a man in order to play that part, and so I, I just, I just found it very delightful the way um, the the, uh, the the chemistry kind of crept up, um, <laughs> and I just found it thoroughly delightful. So I would have to say that they played that one a little bit tricky, um, and I think they played it very, very well. Um, I'd also say uh, in West Side Story that Rita Moreno and George Shakiris uh, had mm. tremendous chemistry together, um, even if Natalie and um, Richard didn't, uh, and and that showed in them getting Oscars. So I, I would definitely say those those uh, showed a lot of chemistry, and then I don't think we can forget about uh, Clark Gable and um, Claudette Colbert in It Happened yeah. One Night. You know, they were they were just the, is such uh, a delightful sparring again that, that sort of screwball type of romance that I really enjoy. I really enjoyed their performances. The film wasn't in my my top picks, but I certainly do like it very, very much, and I think they were great. I agree with you about that. Uh, That's the best, I think, that that, uh, Clark Gable was romantically in that that movie, and I loved the, Mm -hmm. the humor. I thought the the humor that he had in in that movie, along with Claudette Colbert, was was you know just so appealing. So uh, I would would agree with you on that. David, who would you pick out as the actor and actresses with the best chemistry, other than Bogart and Bergman? Sure. Um, I'm, I'm to go back to one of my picks um, in the apartment. I think um, Jack Lemmon and, and Shirley MacLaine had um, a really beautiful chemistry. I think you know because they they spend a couple days together and sort of have to really fall in love and they, they play characters that are you know it's a very interesting film because it's dark but there's it it's not jaded and cynical there's there's real heart and humanity which is something i like i like when it's not completely sugar-coated but at the same time yeah. it's not we've, we've given up you know and i think you know the main character jack lemon is using his apartment uh his bosses are using it um for their mistresses and their affairs and so there's a lot of this amorous activity going on he's usually off in a cold park bench sleeping and Shirley MacLaine is one of the mistresses of his boss who is being cut loose and, you know, her dreams are crushed and she attempts suicide. And these two wounded people kind of let their humanity remain and connect and find each other. And I think it's just really played beautifully, everything, including the ending scene where they're just 
playing a deck of cards and, and being fresh with each other. Um, there's just so much love. There's a scene where Jack Lemmon um, takes a punch um, from Shirley MacLaine's uh, brother-in-law who's trying to find her. And, and rather than the brother-in-law find out um, what's been going on and that she, you know, is having an affair or, or thinks any less of her, um, he just he takes this punch and he, he's so happy after the fact. You know, she says, you're a fool, you're a crazy fool. He's got this beautiful look on his face. And to me, out of all of them, that's, that's love. So I thought their chemistry was really beautiful. And um, and Annie Hall, I think Woody Allen and Diane Keaton, because of their real-life relationship and also because of their familiarity working together, um, there's a weird kind of intimacy and honesty that transcends just the writing or the film that's just very naturally there between them. I think it's it's very human and very, very nice. I like that, uh, those two picks, mm-hmm. too. With Jack Lemmon and uh, Shirley MacLaine, um, they're such believable actors in in everything, I think, that they, yeah. they do. And that, that kinship yeah. that they developed, as the, the characters developed in that movie before they they uh, did fall in love, was, was just so uh, heartwarming. And... Um, I, I I I really fell in love with that movie too. In fact, uh, talking about it has made me want to see it over again. So uh, so, so thank you for so thank you for bringing bringing that um, more to the forefront here. Um, I I really loved, uh, of course, Bogart and and Bergman in Casablanca. So that would. I mean, that, forever they will will be on the top of my list. Too bad, though, that the, the movie Gilda was never picked for Best Picture. <laughs> I think Glenn Ford and Rita Hayworth may have topped uh, Bogart and Bergman. Um, only in that mo- only in that movie, though. I mean, I was sure, uh, and I see Gilda every time it shows on television. I I see it, and I just <laughs> like it better every time I see it. And I, you cannot convince me that there wasn't something going on with those two actors. <laughs> that whole push pull, push pull, you know, hate love kind of thing, which just yeah. seemed to be so so real. And um, I I think that Rex Harrison. Uh, I mean, they were so different, Rex Harrison and Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady. I think they had uh, remarkable chemistry. Again, it was, you know, uh, starting out not not equal. This is like you were talking about, Marilyn, starting out not equal, but wow, they were so <laughs> at the yes. end, by the end of the movie. Yeah. And Leslie Caron with um, Gene Kelly in An American Paris. Well, and she had great chemistry with Louis Jardin, too, in Gigi. So I guess mm-hmm. we could just go on and on about about that. But isn't it fun to watch um, a, a great romantic movie with top-notch actors who have this chemistry together? And I'm, that's why I was so happy that we could could get together and, and celebrate these uh, these films. Uh, now, talking about um, the upcoming Oscars, when I went through the list of nominees, uh, there are nine nominations for Best Picture, American Hustle, 12 Years a Slave, Captain Phillips, Dallas Buyers Club, Gravity, Her, and Nebraska. And I might be wrong, and you can contradict me if I am, and I'm sure that you will, it, I think her is the only romantic-themed 
movie in that list of list of nine. Oh wait, I left out Philomena and the Wolf of Wall Street, so that brings it to nine. But I still say that her is the only um, one where it's where there's uh, an important romance. And here you've got a guy who played brilliantly by Joaquin Phoenix, who falls in love with his computer or his new artificial intelligence operating system. So what do you think are the chances that uh, for that film to win an Oscar as Best uh, Picture, David? Um, I don't know about its chances for Best Picture. I feel like this year it seems to be it's going to be a race between 12 Years a Slave or Gravity or one of those films that they've been putting out. But um, it was it, oddly that and Nebraska were my two favorite films this year. It was her and Nebraska. And I, I mean, there, there's a, all those films are great, but um, there was something really honest about her. Um, and, and, and it used it used what I loved it is it used sci-fi or a different genre to sort of really go into the more natural and human aspects of love and why we fall in love and how it can change us and sometimes again like if a relationship isn't going to work out how it um it, it makes us more open to 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 love and knowing that we we have the capacity for it um so i thought it was really interesting the way it used very extreme sort of things like artificial intelligence or or, or maybe not even that extreme when you look around and how people are you know with all this technology how we're how we're connecting to people or how we're not connecting to people um i thought it, it it really held up a mirror to that um, and was, was a really good allegory about modern love um, and, and why we fall in love. I agree, and it was one of the most creative of the nominees this year. How, how about you, Marilyn? Uh, do you think it has any chance? Well, no, not really. No. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> I don't either. Uh, I mean, you, admit, you know, yeah. It, it's um, it's not the kind of film that the Academy um, tends to favor, as you see through the the long history of the Oscars. We had a relatively small list of romantic films that actually won. So um, if you're just going to play the odds, uh, right. then I think it has a poor chance. And it does. There are some some larger films, some prestige films like Twelve Years a Slave that I think um, would if, fit more with what the Academy favors over over time. Um, that said, it's hard to think of a more uh, original type right. of love story. Um, there there have been attempts at this uh in in the past and i you know one of my favorite films of recent years was lars and the real girl which yeah. is um a, again another sort of fantasy type of romance um this this uh, her is a little bit more realistic in that they actually have uh scarlett johansson actually acting as the part so we're we're talking about a real real artificial girl in that in right. that regard um but i do think it's it's an interesting theme and i agree uh completely with david that um it has a lot of interesting things to say about um love in in the modern world and mediated uh reality that we we all tend to live in from time to time some of us more than others and uh um it, it's an ingenious 
ingenious film, and Joaquin Phoenix, I think, is one of our great actors of the day. So um, it's unfortunate that it won't probably be recognized. It probably should be, though. <laughs> that, I that's what I good. think. You know, that's a good, what's really that's interesting, a good, though, good point. is talking about um, the point about chemistry, is that that's, uh, if we're talking about her, is that Scarlett Johansson was not the original actress, um, and I think Joaquin was doing his performance, I believe it was Samantha Morton, who was um, oh. recording yeah. all the lines, and, and, and then Spike Jones did not feel that the chemistry or that the film was working, and then he went very... Um, with, he worked with Scarlett for a couple of months and redid all the lines, so originally it wasn't her, oh so that's God. maybe even more about how important chemistry is to, to make to exactly make that and that voice it would be easy to fall in love with it with that voice for sure and i can't sure. believe that the time is almost up for this show <laughs> we 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 are going to have to get together again and and uh, talk about uh, more about movies are, are you both willing to come on the show again sometime in the future Absolutely. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah, great. Uh, you just are, are are so knowledgeable about uh, film, both of you, and so interesting to to listen to. But I see we're almost out of time. Um, Marilyn, please uh, give the uh, uh, the URL to your Fruity on Film site so our listeners can check it out. Yes, it's. Uh Ferdy on Films, that's uh, F-E-R-D-Y and an S at the end of films, dot com, and you can go there where I and my blog partner, Roderick Keith, uh, cover films from every era, every country, silent to today, and um, I like to call it off-road uh, film reviewing because we uh, we take on films that maybe you haven't heard of or you haven't seen in a while. And I'm so glad you do, and I, I encourage uh, listeners to definitely check out Ferdion Films. And David, where can the uh, our listeners uh, check out things I don't understand? We are currently streaming and available for download at www.tidu.vhx.tv for $4.99. Oh, all right, and don't miss that because you you. You need to see this uh, uh, very, very well done independent film uh, by uh, David Spaltrow. Thank you, Marilyn and David, for being such terrific guests again today, but it's time to wrap things up. So I want to give a big shout-out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for featuring this episode as one of their staff picks, and to Nikki Starr for all her Excellent help. Thanks to our chatters and other listeners for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. We hope everyone enjoyed the show. Please come back next time for a special show about Marilyn Monroe featuring author and psychoanalyst Dr. Alma Bond, who has agreed to discuss her book, Marilyn Monroe on the Couch. It should be a fascinating show. That's all for now, folks. In keeping with today's theme, here's Brian Ferry to take us out with one of the most romantic movie scenes <laughs> or songs from a movie, and it's from one of the films we discussed today, a very important film, Casablanca. I think you all know what it is, and happy Valentine's Day, everybody. <laughs> happy Valentine's <laughs> Happy Valentine's You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The 
little things apply as time goes by. And when two lovers woo, they still say, I love you, on that you can rely. No matter what the future brings, as time goes by. Love songs never out of day. Hearts full of passion, jealousy and hate. Woman needs man, and man must have his mate that no one can deny. It's still the same old story. A fight for love and glory, a case of do or die. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.